Good evening, everybody. This is Barbara with Can Go Six Podcast, and I am so excited to be recording another episode of the Can Go Six Podcast. And on tonight, I have a very uh, special guest. It is the Honorable Mayor Donnie Dimbo of Corsicana, Texas. And I'm so excited that he accepted the invitation to be on the uh, Can Go Six Podcast. So, Mayor Dembo, thank you so much for accepting the invitation uh, to be on the Kennego Speaks podcast. Well, thank Hello. you. I'm honored to, to be with you. Well, um, go ahead and tell the listening audience who Mayor Dembo is. Well, I'm a Corsicana native. I've uh, been back in town since 1974 and was in the school business for a long time. And I was a ed- educator slash administrator in several different roles. 16 years as a head football coach, uh, three years as a uh, high school principal, and several years as assistant superintendent, and then superintendent uh, 2004 through 2010. So it's been 11 years since I've been in education. I, I don't miss the work, but I do miss the people. So I had a lot of good folks that I worked with in that time. And now, of course, uh, in the last 10 years, I've been a council member and also now for the third term, uh, the mayor. So you have, you know, you've uh, migrated into to local government. And so now you are the mayor of Corsicana. And um, so it, being in education, it kind of all works, uh, you know, intertwined in with each other because probably now, probably within your line of work as the mayor, now you're seeing probably some of your former students, some of your mm-hmm. former uh, players working in the local, you know, city, you know, city, right. type of city, you know, city jobs. And right. so, Mayor Dimbo, um, how has it been being the mayor? You know, because, it, you know, I think it would be kind of different being the mayor versus being a, a coach or being a superintendent. Is there anything different about being the mayor of a city, as like Corsicana? Well, not really. I, I think the uh, the big similarity is the fact that you're dealing with budget. You know, and as a school superintendent, uh, and I'm sure it's grown, the budget's grown since I've been there, but we we had a $55 million budget. And uh, learning how to stay within the, the, the lines to make sure that you're not spending money unwisely and making sure that there's uh, accountability to taxpayers that's kind of a similarity as well. And uh, in the city, it's much the same. We have, I think, around a $55 million budget. And uh, there are a lot of uh, things dealing with the city that are different. Uh, you know, we uh, are trying as a council to be as uh, fiduciary responsibility to make sure that our cities can thrive uh, with the type of budgets that, that we have. And then that, that requires sometimes hard choices, but at the same time, it's what's best for the city. So, as so, as you've been a mayor for you know you said three terms. So, since you've been mayor, has the city of Corsicana grown in the population? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a really good economic development director, uh, uh, John Boswell, who brings a lot to the table and. And, and that he knows how to incentivize to get uh, folks or companies to come here. Uh, but I will tell you that our city manager is an engineer by trade, and she can speak the lingo with all of these companies that want to come to Corsicana. 
and she has done a tremendous job attracting and retaining our industry here. So we've got two or three companies that are in the process of building and will uh, hopefully uh, be done by the end of summer. As far as Audubon Metals, that's one of them. The other one is Corsicana Bedding right now that's also coming. Uh, people don't understand about the sometimes about the uh, restaurants and so forth. Like for instance, we do have Chick Fil A coming. We had uh, QT coming. Kubota Tractors already here. Um, those are those are folks that uh, we don't really try to recruit uh, anyone in that level because we don't want to recruit uh, co- competition. That are from for people that are already here and established. So that, but we do absolutely recruit or try to find uh, folks in the manufacturing end of things uh, to make sure that they increase our workforce here in Corsicana. So I got a chance. I did have a chance to have uh, the city manager on uh, the podcast a few months ago. Oh yeah. So she okay. did. Yeah. So she did give. Um, some insight on her job as, as the uh, city manager. And um, so um, she has a wealth of knowledge. She really does. But um, for the, the benefit of the listening audience um, that do listen to the podcast, what is the, what is the future of Corsica Canada? Because when you, look, when you look up the road and you see the, the housing boom for Edith, and then you, you you do know we, you know the I-45 corridor, and so uh, you can so you can I can kind of tell that things are starting to migrate toward this way toward Corsicana. So yeah. what do you see as as far as the future? Of, let's just say in the next five or ten years. Well, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see an increase in population. Uh, the the latest census. Uh, does reflect some underreported uh, populations in Corsicana. So, but I think we have more citizens than what is reported on the census report. So, the thing is that, as you said, you've got the I-45, which is now, of course, six lanes. Uh, we we know that there are some big things. According to some uh, people uh, dealing with uh, Atmos and some of these uh, utility companies, they're expecting a, a big growth in rice even and then coming to Corsicana um, you know it's only as we all know it's only about a 45 minute drive to downtown Dallas from here so but we think that we have uh, a lot of things to offer companies who want to come here we have within a within a 30 mile radius we have a million one people who could be in the workforce uh, we do have, uh, I think, a quality of life here in Corsicana that uh, we're trying to maintain as good as, as as good as we can, and I think it would be a, a good place to raise a family. As a matter of fact, that's what I have done, and you have too. And that is that uh, you know you you have kids, and they have the benefit of a good school system, and they have a benefit of a good community. And they're good. it's a, a good way to uh, solidify your family and make sure your your folks are happy within your family tree. So I see a lot of dirt movement. What about the housing? The housing market. Housing is going. Yeah, there are several uh, developments that 
when I when I give a speech, I, I give a speech to the realtors and anybody else, and also in the uh, partnership meeting, this economic development partnership meeting we have the first Tuesday of every month. And in that speech, you know, I talk about the the housing possibilities. We know that Cedar Springs Apartments at Old Tiger Field, old old Tiger Field by Walmart has 148 units every time they they issue a co our, from our planning and zoning it immediately gets occupied so there's wow. a lot of folks wanting to get in those apartments that's 148 and there's there's going to be significant more a little further west of that development across the street from that is what they call corsicana commons and uh, basically that is uh wally properties on the highway, adjacent to the highway or next to the highway, or uh, which they've done a lot of dirt work, is for mostly commercial establishments, stores, and whatever, which will uh, be where you can buy and sell or buy. That is all of the things that are not hopefully, hopefully you can buy clothing and so forth. But uh, but it is going that's going to be a, a commercial development. But behind that, up further north towards the state home. There are tracts of land that are going to be used for housing. It goes oh, anywhere, wow. uh, for in- instance, on uh, 45th Street, where we know where that is, right next to that, is going to be 150 apartments, uh, two-story apartments. Uh, they're also going to be a little further west of that. Uh, there are going to be some duplexes. And then even further from that is going to be uh, single-family residences. And those, And that's only the first phase. Second phase has more single-family residences as well. Then within the, the state home property, we that's what the city purchased two years ago. In the very mm-hmm. center of it is a over 55, going to be an over 55 development, wow. 55 years of age. So uh, counting up all the uh, residences, new residences, even in that like mile, square mile, that is Cedar Springs Apartments, uh, the Corsicana Commons and then the state home property, you know, we're looking like at over 200 residences. So that's, uh, you know, that's going to be good because uh, those folks who, who work here, they're going to be able to live here and they're going to be able to, again, enjoy the quality of life here in Corsicana. So also um, on, uh, oh. on Dobbins going to the high school from mm-hmm. Collins, uh, we have Chris Acker's got a 37 house uh, development. Uh, oh, wow. it, it, it'll open up into uh, Highway 22, but it goes over to Dobbins Road. Brookstone is another development across the street, Dobbins, and it's uh, approximately, let's see if I've got that, 16 more housing uh, lots. So that's uh, what, 30, 38. Uh, that is 48 more houses right there in that, in that spot. Uh, <clears throat> something too that could be considered uh, in the future, and it's gonna be a little further in the future, is the Westlake Ranch. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, the southern boundary of it is the Dobbins Road. And then it goes for 3,000 acres, uh, north and north, uh, northeast. And that's going to be all kinds of housing and all kinds of commercial uh, development as well. The good news about that is we're getting a feasibility study from uh, uh, TxDOT to see about the feasibility of having uh, a loop going 
north side of town. And one of the, of course, we, we know we have a south loop, but this would be not, uh, from 31 would be uh, another possibility of having a loop. So it'd give us almost a 360 degree loop, but not quite because it'll end at the business 45 north part of town. Oh, okay. So, but that would be something that would get you from, uh, say, the Walmart area to uh, pass the Northside Baptist Church and back over in that area. So oh, okay. quickly. So that's something so, uh, that's in, in the future. Go ahead. So what? So what about the loop that you know the the loop that takes out the loop that they're working on now? What what's the what's the time frame on when that will be finished? Will be completed? They're telling they're telling us late summer. those skills to kids uh, that they can utilize in almost every uh, aspect of uh, industry. And also we have Rivera College, which uh, they are also involved in uh, educating workforce. As a matter of fact, several different times, Kevin Fagan, the district president, has uh, helped entertain some businesses coming here or who want to come here or who may come here and have, uh, you know, ensured them that they would be uh, up front in educating their workforce to attain skills which would make them successful in any kind of business. And uh, so we have both the public schools here, CISD, and also Navarra College, which are, are doing us a good job in that regard. And they, they always ask us, each one of those entities asks the city and ask us, in in, in uh, reference to our recruiting of industry, they always ask what kind of skills do we need to be teaching our students so that they'll be ready to join the workforce in some good companies. So that's a big thing. They have to be educated to be really successful. I mean, and that, that includes a lot of things. I mean, like maintenance and uh, yeah. ma machinery and things of that nature. But uh, to, ask, to answer your question, it's extremely important. So, um, what about, um, you know, as far as the fire department, the police department, how do we motivate our young people to get into those types of careers locally? Because, you know, sometimes we have those young people, they go and take those, you know, trainings, and then they go and go outside and take the jobs. And so how important, how can we motivate them to, to stay home, stay here, stay in Corsicana, and, you know, apply it, of course, can't a police department or apply it to the fire department. Well, the, the, 
the thing is we we're having first of all uh in the northwest corner of the state home property we're in the process of completing a new firehouse but in addition to that new fire it's a it's an 11 million dollar firehouse that we built for five million because it was an existing building but it's going to be really state-of-the-art uh also included in the, uh, the firehouse is uh some training grounds that, that contains all kinds of props like burning cars uh burning uh, towers burning houses that treat uh, that uh, is a training ground for firemen to learn their trade and to be continue to be sharp in, in their abil- ability to put out fires and whatever else. So also, in addition to that, we, we will have uh, a pub, a um, training ground for policemen, which would also oh, wow. be a police academy. So basically, we're talking about a police academy at the state home property and a fire academy as well. So the, that would be locals. You know, it's what they used to say in school business, grow your own, well, yeah. meaning that you, meaning that you uh, have Corsica County residents that you can put in a good training facility. And we're partnering with Vera College, hopefully, on that uh, on those two training schools, uh, academies. So okay. that's the first step. If you can get them to stay, I mean, they're here in town. They have a history of living in Corsicana and their families here. And if they can be trained in such a way that uh, makes them really a viable option for the fire and police, hopefully they'll stay here because of that reason. But uh, but anyway, again, we have the partnership with Navarra College on that, hopefully, as we go forward. Well, that sounds like that's going to be a, a, a real good plan uh, once, it, you know, once you get the new fire station and police academy um I do. I'm, I'm, I do believe in growing your own workforce, um, Mary Dimbo. You know, uh, recently you had a city council meeting, uh, and the, the topic was about the fire department. So, can you explain to the listening audience what's going on with the EMT service and all that, just so that they can get a kind of understanding on what's going on? Because you hear right. bits and pieces about, you know, if you wasn't at the meeting, you know, you kind of hear bits and pieces. So, just kind of, sure. you know, explain to the listening audience what's going on with that. With that. Well, for, yeah. presently, we, presently, our EMS serves both the county and the city, and uh, the uh, expense of that for the city has been to a point where it's not tolerable. Uh, we've lost like 1.2 million in the last three years. Wow. So what we're trying to do is figure out ways that uh, a that we can continue with the EMS service with the local fire department and not only uh, in the city but also in the county. That was the big push at the last meeting. They didn't want the county to give up the, the EMS because I think the the Monday prior to that meeting the county had voted to go to a private ambulance service. So mm. that caused us to have to to look at and investigate things and uh, uh, explore ways that we continue with what we're doing and still have uh, and still not lose a a lot of money and we think we can the thing with that too is uh, we'll have to uh, hopefully not raise taxes but we are proposing to have in november a referendum about increasing taxes Uh, what happens 
with Senate Bill 2, they've capped the tax uh, amount percentage to 3.5% each year. So, and they say do not uh, do not increase taxes unless you get the permission of the taxpayers, which that's what a referendum is. Yes. So it'll give us some clear direction on where we need to go with the EMS. And uh, we do have a good service here. Uh, we did go out for proposals for privatization, and we had two companies come back. But we're, we haven't made the big decision as to whether or not we, we're going to continue doing it uh, from a public standpoint, from, we're using our fire department, or are we going to uh, go, go to one of the private companies? But uh, we're not, we haven't made any decisions yet about that, and, but we do have some proposals or thoughts that we're going to, unveil next monday night so but i I mean i would assure the citizens whatever we do uh, we're not we're going to have an entity that gives us good service and secondly the thing has to happen probably is the more important thing in in some regards is that we've got to make sure that it makes financial sense because we've got to we cannot uh we cannot and we're gonna. That's why we ask permission of the taxpayers. What What do you think about this, or what do you think about that? And you know what propositions are being in in the school business. You got bonds yeah. that have propositions. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, that's we're looking at trying to uh, basically ascertain whether or not uh, we need to to try to increase taxes, or, or what are we What are we trying to do? We just need an answer from the taxpayers on that. Probably will happen in November. But uh, you know, and if something were to come along in the next next four or five months that we didn't anticipate, we can always cancel that referendum if we need to. And I do believe that um, I believe that all our you know from the mayors, from the city council, that they do listen to their constituents because um, I've had Chris Woolsey on the podcast as well, and I have you know made a you know I told him that you know you represent the people, you know, and so how how important is it to have a uh, you know, transparency and, um, you know, the, the council to make sure they go to their constituents to explain what's going on, and also to the, the community members to be involved in local government, not just on one-term issues, but to always be involved to keep abreast of what's going on within your local government. Not, not just, you know, the city council, but even county commissioners, school districts. How important is how, how important is that to be involved, to know what's going on, especially when it comes down to your tax, tax dollars? Well, transparency is important. Uh, you know, we we had an open forum, and we probably will have another one or two. Uh, b- by the way, uh, we have uh, the next meeting is Monday week, and then two weeks after that is a, another uh, meeting devoted to the same issue, the EMS. So we're going to have enough opportunities to listen to who, who what their concern is. The... Uh, the main thing, <clears throat> the main thing about all of this is we we must interact in a, a civil matter. We just can't yeah. cannot get up there and, and talk about people and attack people. Uh, you know that's not the way that we should operate. We should be sure that we uh, understand and, and appreciate each other's point of view. So, and then again, it's got to make financial sense. I mean, again, our our responsibility is a fiduciary responsibility, yes. just like it is with the school board, just yes. like it is yes. with, with Vera's board. 
there's a lot of money at stake, and there's a lot of things at stake for the future, of course, Canada. And that's what, and that's what it's about, the future and staying in the black, not in the red. Because, you know, we've seen the time where it was a tight, it was a very tight for the city where, you know, you probably had to do some budget cuts and stuff like that. And so you want to continue to stay on, you know, the, in the, in the, you know, in the black and be able to, you know, you know, prepare for the future because I, you know, I still believe that things are going to happen for Costa Canada, you know, in, you know, in due time. Yeah. And so, uh, Mayor Gibble, I really do appreciate, you know, you taking the time out of your busy schedule to to be on the podcast. I know that, you know, you got your work cut out for you, but I know that you're very, you know what you're doing. You're very educated on what you're doing. And I know that you have the community's best, in, best interest at heart. And so I always uh, give my guests an opportunity to give a shout out to anybody I'd like to give a shout out to. So like, uh, like I just said, thank you again for being on the Canada Speaks podcast. So go ahead and give a shout out to anybody I'd like to give a shout out to. Well, I mean, and just to uh, all the citizens, you know, you're welcome to, to uh, express your concerns or express your thoughts. But just remember, we have to rem- talk about uh, what's good as far as money is concerned. Uh, but we, our, our focus is on having the best service for EMS we possibly can and w- at a cost that we can afford. That's, that's who I would have my shout out to. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And one more thing. Is there something going on at the Gander Mountain building? Because I'm hearing that yeah. a, a, yes. a, an alumni of Costa Cana High School is, is bringing his business right. to that building. Right. It's a uh, fun town RV. They'll have a place to repair RVs there as well as sell sell new ones. Oh, so right. it'll, it'll take up. Uh, it's, it's a little bit a ways away because they are doing some uh reconfiguration of some of the building so yeah okay that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting little business there because they're very successful they've got like eight uh locales within oh, the wow. five, five or six county area wow okay well thank you again uh okay. you know, thank you so much and um to my listening audience i want to recognize the business of the week you know this of the week on this week is the outside lines creative studios and that's owned by Marcus and Julie Baldwin. And they're at the studio, they teach music, dance, improv classes. So if you're interested in doing any of that, you can reach them at area code 903-354-4082. And always, like I always say, thank you again for supporting the Canada Speaks podcast. Have a safe week, a safe weekend, and good evening. Good night.